0: It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement, and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word.
1: This is Buwana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. We've all heard the expressions, when it rains, it pours, and April showers bring May flowers. Each of these expressions are significant because after every storm, the sun will shine brightly, revitalizing everything around us. We've all experienced heartaches and grief, feeling as though we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders, not knowing how much more we can bear. Allow me to encourage you today, don't give up. Trees lose their leaves every year, but they stand tall and strong because they know a brand new season is coming. I encourage you to stand strong because God is sending a new season your way. Understand this, if God showed you the obstacles that you would have to overcome in order to walk into your season, you would have quit by now. He's building your faith. Trust him because better days are coming.
2: Cold and you feel all alone, but hold.
0: Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest,
3: We have on the show with us today several individuals who we're going to have an open discussion about some of the issues we're having with youth and the community and the crime rate in our society, and we want to talk a little bit about that today on the Faith Connection Show. We have back with us on the show today, in a part two, so to speak, with Calvin Brock. Calvin was on the show a week ago, and we really talked about a lot of the things that Calvin came through, but what we want to talk about today is the fact that that calvin is a part of the charlotte boxing academy and the charlotte boxing academy is a program designed to help kids get off the street and find a positive focus in their lives so kevin we're glad to have you back on again this week thank you very much glad to be here and we also have on the show with us today pastor cannon who is pastor of the temple of bethesda in huntersville and he's going to bring us a fresh perspective from the idea that the church has to have a little bit more involvement in our youth. And also we have Pastor Melvin Leroy Tate, who is the pastor of Mount Calvary AME Zion Church in Monroe, North Carolina. Reverend Tate Reverend Cannon, we're glad to have you on the show. It's good to be
4: here. Good to be here.
3: <laughs> All right, let's begin. Let's talk about, you know, there's over 250,000 youth that were locked up last year for criminal activity. And when you're locking up that many kids across the nation, there's gotta be something wrong somewhere. And what we're looking to do today is talk a little bit about how it is that organizations like Calvin belongs to Charlotte Boxing Academy and other organizations who end up catching these kids in the second stage of life. And most of these kids start in the church one way or the other. So what we wanna do is we wanna talk about how can the church and organizations like this Uh, find that seam so they can make these kids' lives a little less vulnerable and more seamless in the sense that we find activities that will walk them into the next phase of life. Pastor Cameron, we're going to start with you. How you feel about the church and the church's activities
4: and how the church could do more to help with this problem. Thank you very much, Dr. Miller. I think that there's, there's a serious problem that we have with the youth as it relates to them being involved in church uh, i commend what my brother here is doing as it relates to mentoring kids and uh, youth and keeping them and going in a positive direction but when it comes to the church i think one of the problems that we have or one of the questions that we should ask is before we talk about reconnecting the kids we need to ask the question why is there such a disconnect in the church and this is only my thought my perspective But I really believe, especially with our young people today, is that our young people have become disenchanted with church. I think that they have had an opportunity to look over in the church, and some of the things that they have seen in the church has really kind of turned their attention elsewhere. And I think the church needs to do some homework to to regain our young people back in the church.
3: Okay, now, what is your perspective on that, Pastor Tate?
5: Well, I'm a boomer, and uh, this generation there are parents who have not been churched, and now we have the children of parents who've not been churched, so you are enter into second-generation unchurched uh, persons in the African-American or the black community. The church has also postured itself to be adversarial when it comes to unchurched people. Mm-hmm. It's an us and them, and really we should be more compassionate, more sensitive, and realize that sometimes the attitudes that people have toward the church, the church has helped them to uh, advance those attitudes by really living out and becoming self-fulfilling prophecies of being anti-engaging people in community. We're so busy being inside the walls that mm-hmm. we're afraid to come outside the wall and confront people where they are and you have to get into the homes you have to find out what's going on in the communities you have to show yourself uh, loving and caring and also you have to be there where the hurt is mm-hmm. uh, and oftentimes the church is in denial about anything that's not advancing the cause of the kingdom inside the four walls
3: there were a couple of things that both of you hit on and i wanted to touch on those just before i go to calvin one of those ones is that disconnect i don't i mean where do you think the disconnect is coming from do you think they've lost interest in the church or do you think they feel that the church has no relevancy
4: i think it's really a twofold thing and i think that there's been a loss of interest um as dr tate has said because the major gap with the, with the generations that are not church now. And I think that the church needs to go beyond the four walls and do some out ministry, outward ministries, and deal with the seriousness of the problems that we have today as it relates to our young youth. It is staggering to hear the number of youth that are incarcerated. And we look and the church needs to really step forward and do more than what we're doing to change that number. Now, Calvin, you know, the kids that you end up with,
3: Do you feel that because you talked a little bit about this, how your life when it was in shambles on the show last week, you talked about when you really got to that point where you just didn't know where to go. You knew you needed to go back to the church and find your roots, your spiritual roots. I guess my real question is these kids that you take in, are these kids dealing with more complex problems? Kids say a decade ago were dealing with is that what do you find with the kids that you take in?
6: The kids that we take in at the Charlotte Boston Academy typically are kids that are not performing on grade level in school, Mm -hmm. uh, have been in some trouble with the law, um, having some trouble with their parents, the parents bringing them as an extra disciplinary outlet to maybe help them be a better child, Mm -hmm. listen to their parents. And we come in as a positive role model, working class people, individuals that's pretty much taking on a role as a father figure to these kids by working with them day in and day out and traveling with them and getting them exposed and to you know influence a positive human being principles in their life and change their course to where they will finish high school and go off to college through making it through boxing or the military It's a good thing we're talking about this because thus far we've been concentrating on building the physical person and the mental person, but not the spiritual person. So, you know, partnership with churches and churches need to get more into like outside the walls. Reverend Tate, what are
3: some of the things that you think churches could do in the communities that would really
5: Increase the visibility of the church in the lives of these kids? I think what we could start, at extra place to start with persons like uh, Brock. He already has the organization. Mm-hmm. He already has an inroad to families and kids with problems, kids who need mentors. And what the church could do, and especially the male population of the church, could sponsor a child or adopt a mm-hmm. child. And the only way you can transform bad behavior is show that you care and be understanding and help people walk through where they're hurting. Kids have many more problems than we have. We didn't have, when I was a child, I didn't have, it It wasn't an option whether or not I was going to church, I was made to go to church. That's right. That wasn't (laughs) an option. If you didn't go to church, you couldn't do anything else. But in these days, sometimes children are telling parents what to do mm. and what they're not going to do. Mm. To reinforce what's happening, the good role models, I think Brockwood, to me, it's an excellent opportunity for us to partner. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We already have something that's working. And churches are going to have to be more vigilant about being helpful rather than hindering and encumbering opportunities for children to have to live a better quality of life. A lot of people are saying, hey, we need more programs, but I don't know if we need more
3: programs as much as we need more cooperation between the programs and the faith-based community that we already have. Like, for instance, I think a great partnership with an existing institution By a church would uh, produce thousands more opportunities for us to reach these kids because first of all take for instance the organization that you're with kevin that organization if you had a some church organizations working with you because i know you guys have to have funding and all that kind of good stuff to make this work i think just putting a little mission money into programs like yours without creating a new program would give opportunity for your program to have a great impact.
6: Could you imagine churches partnering with the Charlotte Boston Academy as a program for you that is an entity a part of their church as a partnership and kids seeing just a few visits from the minister or for some of the People show up at the gym and then having a church crowd show up at a boxing match. Absolutely. You're not going to just win over that kid. If you win over the kid, you can win the parent over. Right. So then you're going to have the parent and the kid coming to that church, and that's an excellent way to show love and support and grow your own ministry by
3: outreach. You know, that's a great idea because, you know, I think that's important because kids need to see their church involved in their lives because what they're involved in out here in the in the streets definitely is far far from what the church believes in and what the church is
6: trying to do and not only that not only that man i'm going to tell you one of the, hurt, the most hurtful things that happen to children is when they train in that in our boston gym and go to the boston match and look at an audience and their own parents not there my goodness.
4: Talk a little bit about that. Dr. Miller, the last couple of years, I had an opportunity to work with one of the local high schools. And one of the most disturbing things that I saw was when kids looked out into the audience at a performance and their parents weren't there. And uh, them come to me and say things like, I- I'm glad you're here. And uh, saying to me that I look at you as my dad and I appreciate you for being here. Uh, parents need to understand it is vitally important that we are involved in our young people's lives. Uh, we, If we're too busy to be involved in their lives, then we're just too busy. We need to make sacrifices to be involved in their lives because if not, then they do fall victim to the streets.
3: Reverend, Thay, you talked a little bit about this one time we, we had you on the show before. You talked about the fact that there is a missing component in the faith-based community now. Mm-hmm. Would you elaborate just a little bit? Because I think that missing piece is
5: concluding that church and family are synonymous of one another. Uh, you send your children into someone else's care so they can have free time to go to the mall or get the hair done. That's or, absolutely it's right. It's babysitting. That's absolutely right. It's not really the emphasis on the child. It's emphasis on them freeing up their time to do what they want to do. Parenting is a 24-7 mission. You can't give your children away to other people. So what I would suggest, and the other thing I'd like to say that churches have a lot of space that they aren't using. That's right. And a program like this in our communities, if we just open the doors and allow the space to be available for persons who care about, as my brother here cares about, kids it would make a difference because everybody can't talk to kids if you don't have a genuine heart for kids kids can tell it (laughs) it registers right quick that you're trying to manipulate them for your own self interest that's not going to work it has to be a genuine from the heart caring person who is willing to go not just today but to go all the way and help them to see themselves being the individuals that they can be the potential within them
3: we're going to take a
6: quick break here and we'll be right back Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show.
1: And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information
6: and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful marketing, go to www. www.bmfradioshow com. The Be More Faithful
1: Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the Song of Inspiration, a sermonette and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com.
6: Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email Email us at info at bmfradioshow.com.
1: The world premiere of the brand new single I Can Love You Through Anything by musician, singer, songwriter, and producer Ken Hardio.
2: I Can Love You
1: featuring charlotte north carolina's very own musician singer songwriter music educator and producer quentin berthay this song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe get your copy now available on itunes spotify amazon music and google play
0: thank you for listening to the faith connection show and here's dr miller with his special guest
3: you know, and that's the interesting piece is, is that the scripture that we uh, often quote in the churches, when I was in prison, you visited me not. And I think it's the time to get them is before they get there right. and to head them off. But after they get there, I think there should be a ministry within every church that sort of partners with ministries like Calvin is a part of and try to find a way to mentor these kids after they get into the system as well as before they get into the system because if we don't try to find them in the system they will forever be lost in the system because once they get a record they then start to spend their time with other people who have records because they're no longer accepted in the crowd that people that don't have records and feel like associating with them is not the right thing to do. Mistakes is so much a part of life and everybody makes mistakes and we have to sort of teach these young people and I think that's what you guys are doing Calvin teaching them how not to make mistakes but if they do make them there's a way out
6: we try to catch them and lead them into that college avenue or military avenue so that they can come out and be civilized working class individuals but at the same time it's important for us to also build the spirit man part of them too and save their souls while we're there and that partnership has to be made and i'm glad that we're able to talk about this today because it has given me an added vision to the agenda that i already have to now start partnering with churches somehow Okay, and I think that's an important part of of every ministry
3: is partnership. Because, you know, if we partnered, the strength that we would have in the communities would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. If we could just partner one with the other. You know, and not worry about who's going to get the credit. I want to take just a half second to mention the fact that what you guys are doing is fantastic for the community, and I think Pastor
4: Cannon, you all have an outreach, I think in November, right? That is correct. We do have an outreach that is uh, taking place November the 16th from 11 o'clock at the Deer Hill Apartments where we're going and we're reaching, uh, sharing with that community, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Okay, and you know, when we talk again, I hope that
3: you guys will tell me that y'all are partnering with Calvin and y'all have some kind of ministry going on in these communities that are bringing some of these kids right off the street. Um, All right, thanks again. Appreciate all three of you being on the show and we look forward to the part two because we're going to come up with a part two for this because I think there's much more discussion that needs to be done with this. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller.
3: Even when you feel like giving up on people, remember people, even more than things, have to be restored, renewed, revived, and reclaimed, and sometimes redeemed. Never throw anyone away. Everyone has value.
2: you know
0: To the faith connection show with dr david miller making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose don't forget to log on to the connect center nc.com. that's connect center nc.com. if you'd like to reach dr david miller email the connect center three at gmail.com that's the connect center three at gmail.com and remember never lose the connection to your purpose It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word.
1: This is Bowana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. What would you do if you woke up tomorrow morning with only what you thank God for today? Would you actually be alive or even have a reasonable portion of health? Would you have provision, protection, shelter? We should never take for granted God's grace and his mercy. Always rejoice and be thankful because if the Lord never does anything else, he's done enough.
0: Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest.
3: We have in the studio today with us, Kamisha Williams-Ebron. And, Kamisha, we're glad to have you in the studio today with us because um, we're really interested in your work. You've done a great job. I think you're the new female Tyler Perry in the that. making. Thank huh? you. You just did a production here in Charlotte called Temptation. And it was an inspirational comedy uh, play, and I think it went over very well. And this was your first time in a larger venue. I think you moved from the high schools to a different uh, kind of venue, which is Ovens Auditorium, and I think that was successful. you.
7: It was a leap of faith.
3: Okay, <laughs> a leap of <laughs> faith, all <laughs> yes. right. That's good enough. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'd like for the listeners to know a little bit about you.
7: Okay, I am born and raised from Charlotte, North Carolina, a graduate of West Charlotte Senior High School. All right. I um, have a bachelor's degree, and I'm a mother of three. Mm-hmm. I am a wife, and I am a woman of God.
3: You and your husband both are involved in this production company, is that correct?
7: Yes, we are.
3: Okay. And now, tell us a little bit about the play that you just put on at Ovens Auditorium, Temptation.
7: Okay, Temptation was very large, because the topic itself is very relative, and because I encourage on a daily basis, um, I see a lot of relationships that encounter temptation. It doesn't necessarily have to be relationship-wise, but we are tempted by so many different things in the world. The world is so wide open now, and people are steering away from um, religion, and just temptation is like a turn to.
3: So that's what inspired you to write it, but now that's the great thing about this. You're not just the director, but you're also the writer for this particular piece. And how long have you been writing?
7: I've been writing since 2004. That's when I published my first book. I encountered some pain and some hurt within my my relationship. And instead of staying stuck, I decided to start writing because it was very therapeutic. And with the topics that I cover, they were relative. And the responses that I received um, encouraged me to continue to write. And that's what led me up to where I am today.
3: Okay, now, playwriting is not the only thing you've done. You've also written several books, is yes, that correct?
7: that is correct. How many
3: books have you written?
7: I have 11 books and 12 plays. Okay, 11
3: books and 12 plays. That
7: is correct. Well, you're well on your way. I am. Yeah, <laughs> how about
3: that. Now, let's talk a little bit about what your expectations are and where you plan to take Diva and Me Productions.
7: Actually, I see Diva Me Productions performing in several cities on the same night. I see DVME Productions pulling in people within the community who desire to act, to write, to dance, and just to pull people out of their comfort zones and show them not to bring on a brand, but to create a brand.
3: Okay. Now you know what? Uh, talking about creating a brand, and, and I think that's what you're doing right now is creating your own brand. Yes. And you have a full-time job, and you so you sort of work your production company part-time.
2: Yes, that is. Yeah.
3: Now, we're going to talk about your community involvement because uh, you have a great community involvement as well. But, you know, before we get to that, with your production company, how are you funding your plays? You get you have investors in your plays or what? Uh?
7: I have sponsorship within the community. Mhm. But if I can be very transparent, I'm the biggest donor. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. Well, you know, I wanted to ask that question because there may be somebody out there listening who wants to invest in your next show because this show was a very very successful one it and was. I hope that you We'll have many more. But let's talk a second here about your community involvement because you also have, your co- production company also has a nonprofit organization. That is correct. And you work with kids in the community you're kind of like mentoring for all ages tell Please. us a little bit about that program
7: okay with a mentoring program that I have within the youth within the community they have the opportunity to publish books write songs we go to the studio they've learned how to create their resumes they've gotten headshots I teach them how to audition not only with the summer program whenever they go back to school even Me Productions go and support them whenever they are in productions, whenever they perform, whenever they graduate from high school. So it's not only a, a limited program, we assist them and we support them in their regular livelihoods too.
3: Where do these kids come from?
7: They are brought to me from the Department of Social Services, from the Housing Authority, from the community, and from foster care.
3: How long, long does the uh, theater and arts summer program last? Is it just for the three months or two months of the summer period. Actually,
7: it's for four weeks. What I do Mm -hmm. every year is cash in four weeks of vacation from my primary job to do this. Oh,
3: okay. And during that four-week period, you involve them in all these activities you're talking about. They do. Is this like a graduating class where kids age out, or how does it
7: work? Actually, most of those youth, they are with me. They have been with me over the past three or four years. The program is only from age four to 16, after they become, after they are 16, they no longer attend our summer program, but they can still come to me and, and receive their mentorship to publish books, the right place to, plays, to um, get their acting skill set throughout the week or whenever I have classes, when I offer classes within the community.
3: Okay. Now, I think there are about four books that kids who participate in your program have written and or participated in the writing of, and of course... Uh, You publish those books for them, is that right?
7: That is correct. Actually, there's more. Okay. Um, Those youth have actually gone on to do their own book signings within the community. They sell their books. Some of them have websites, and some of them, I teach them business strategies, how to market their books, how to solicit their books, and how to encourage other people to not only read their books, but to write books as well.
3: Yeah. I noticed that there's one book here that it's called Kindness and not to bully and passion mitchell yes, yes. I think. and
7: she's actually in approaching high school right now really yes
3: and was this done when she was that young? was
7: done six years ago
3: six years ago yes okay so now she has a book to her credit yes. because of your program your mentoring program yes. and then there's another one called i am unique yes and tell me a little bit about that one the kids that actually participating in in the writing of that book?
7: Every year we come up with a theme, and -hmm. what I want to teach them is, I want to instill in them is that they are unique. Um, I feel that youth are fertile grounds, and when you sow seeds, those seeds harvest, and they remember those seeds. A lot of time when I work with adults, They have a stigma because they say somebody told them that they couldn't do something. Somebody told them that they were not good enough. Somebody told them that they couldn't be something. So I am the sower. So I sow seeds into them to let them know that they can be anything, they can do anything, that they're unique. So when they get to school and someone tries to bully them or someone tries to talk down to them, they have a strength within themselves and they know that whatever someone says to them has no power over them. And okay. so that's why I Am Unique. Each one of them wrote a story of how they feel like that they are unique within themselves, within the community, and within their families. And you published that That in the is book. correct. We're going
3: to take a quick break here. We'll be right back.
4: It's the Prince of Praise, Byron Cage
2: with Pajam. Come on, come on. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and everything that's within me. Come on. I will bless his name. Is there anybody in this place that is here to bless him? Let me hear your make some noise. Come on, here we go, sit. Magnify. Magnify the Lord with me. Come on, sing it to him, sing it. Whom uh. he has redeemed. Come on, sit. Clap your hands. Clap your hands, rejoice and sing. Uh-huh. You are the Lord uh.
3: your production company has a dual and one of the roles is, is to develop a market yes. for your production company and your place, which is your individual intellectual material, and then to help others, help kids through mentoring, to mentor them and to develop their own intellectual pathway that they blend together so well. And it sounds like you've put a great deal of thought into it. But the question I have, and I'm sure some of our listeners have the same question, how were you able to find two so unique concepts that bond together so well was that by design or it just sort of happened
7: Um, it just sort of happened Um, anything any vision a dream that God gives me I don't take it lightly I act on everything that's given to me because I figure that is a part of my my plan the ultimate plan um, that is what enhances the dash in between my beginning and my end. Because when I leave this earth, my beginning and my end is already going to be stamped on the tombstone. But what really matters is the dash that's in between. So what I'm doing is I'm investing in the dash in between so I can always be remembered by the seeds that have been sown. Not only in youth, I mentor adults as well.
3: My goodness. Now tell me about a little bit about the... Or tell me about the adult mentorship.
7: Actually, I have four people that I've just brought on. I solicited out there anybody who want to be mentored by D V Me Productions. Mm-hmm. And actually, I received four people. And two want to mm-hmm. publish books who have never published books before. And two have um, written plays, but they want to know how to successfully produce the play. So I've decided to invest in all four Mm -hmm. Um, so that they can be successful in what they desire to do.
3: So they do sort of internships with you?
7: That is correct. Um, They meet with me, Mm -hmm. and I hold them accountable. I'm their accountability partner. We sit down and we write the goals down, and we have dates that we set on these goals. And I set them in my phone, and I reach back out to them to make sure that they've completed those goals. I don't take excuses because excuses don't make things happen. So I make sure that they do what they need to do. And if they say that they don't have what they need, for instance, one says that she doesn't have a computer. Her computer is acting up. I said not a problem at all. Actually, when I leave here today, I'm going to set up a computer at her house so that she can do what it is that she desires to do because God has already given us and equipped us everything that we need. We just have to hold on to it and work with what we have until we get what it is that we want.
3: If someone wanted to get in touch with you, and I think we probably have a number of listeners, if not just for them, but maybe for their kids, that they would like for their kids to be in a program like the program you do sponsor. Do you take kids outside of this particular county, or is it just in the county that you work with? I work
7: with, with anyone that that will allow me to sew into their lives.
3: Now, you have a sponsorship list, bronze, silver, gold, and diamond. Yes. And those sponsorships, you're looking for companies and individuals who may want to sponsor yes. this mentoring program. And I'm going to let you tell us exactly, or our listeners, uh, what each one of those sponsorships are
7: okay so we have a variety of sponsorships that are available for anyone that's within the community it can be businesses or it can be individual. Um, For instance, Bronze is a $500 sponsorship, but this is for when we have our productions. You'll receive a full-page color ad, you'll receive recognition, and you'll receive a copy of the booklet that was established within the production. This $500 also goes to to allow other youth and adults within the community to be able to do what it is that they desire to do that they can't do within themselves, um, as well as the other sponsorships. Whenever we have our productions, you have the opportunity to sponsor and you receive VIP tickets to meet the cast and meet the celebrities that we bring on and you receive a lot of other good things t-shirts, books, um, front row seats, recognition in front of all the audience and on our social media and whenever we do radio advertisement your business is mentioned after every radio commercial that is on
3: Commissioner, just before we close I wanted you to answer a question for me what do you think the greatest impact of Temptation was? Because usually a piece like this, you're looking to make an impact. You're looking to change lives, and especially the way uh, you involve yourself in both production and community, you're looking for ways to change people's lives and to make a greater impact on society. So what do you think the greatest impact of Temptation was?
7: I think the impact wasn't the amount of money that was made, the impact was the testimonies that were given after um, the people were exiting the um, auditorium. Um, We were out taking pictures and one couple that I can remember, they were walking out and they turned to each other and one said, you know, I'm sorry for everything that I did and I'm willing to work this out. And then the wife said, you know, I'm sorry too and I'm willing to also work this out. And they walked out of the building holding hands. And then another success story was there were a couple that were struggling and they were um, talking about divorce, but with the topics that were covered within the production and the wake up call. The wake up call is what tapped into their spirit and spoke to their spirit and they were willing to hold on a little while longer. So that's the impact that I'm looking for. Money will come and money will go, but those experiences will last forever.
3: That's great. And Willie Moore Jr. was uh, one of the feature uh, performers in the show. Is that right?
7: Yes, he was. And You're he right. was touched mm-hmm. by the story. Um, he had never, he read the script, but he had—he didn't see the play. And mm-hmm. he was mesmerized when he saw it. And he turned to me. And what I can remember is, you blessed me with this. He said, you brought me here to bless you, but you blessed me.
3: Fantastic. Now, tell our listening audience how to reach out to you because, especially with the mentoring program, because I think that's really a, a great program.
7: Okay, we're on Facebook, and you can reach us at Diva and Me Productions. You can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram, also with the same handle, Diva and Me Productions. Mm-hmm. You can reach our email, which is Diva and Me at yahoo.com. That is D-I-V-A. A N D M E at yahoo.com, and you can also call us at 650 605 3482.
3: You've heard it here on the Faith Connection show, and we are glad to have had you on the show, Commissioner. Thank you. And we're looking forward to your next production.
7: Okay, thank you so very much.
2: In You, Lord, I want to go deeper. In You, Lord, I know that my ways are not Your ways, but. In Mold me, me, make me, fill me, feel me, higher, me in higher in you. Mold me, make me, feel me, 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 higher, fill higher me, in you. Mold me, make me who you want me to make be. Me. Me. Fill me with your feel Holy Spirit me. Me. Higher, in you. higher, higher in you. Creating me, molding, me. a clean molding, me, heart. So that I
0: Thank you for listening to the faith connection show with your host dr david miller equipping people to connect with their purpose here's an inspirational word from dr david miller